HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. As the news of coronavirus reverberates throughout the world, we at HRN are especially concerned about how coronavirus will impact our food system. We will use our platform to support the restaurant, agriculture, hospitality, and other food-related industries by maintaining our coverage and operations. As social distancing becomes the temporary norm, podcasts are more important than ever. There's never been a more crucial time to stay informed about the state of our food system and the ways that food connects our global community. We're sharing all of our COVID-19 coverage at heritageradionetwork.org COVID-19. From interviews with nonprofit leaders and journalists, to first-hand accounts from chefs and restaurant owners, to reports on how this crisis is affecting regional farms. Our team is working remotely from all over to keep food radio alive. HRN needs your support more than ever to keep sharing essential stories and resources with our listeners. Make a donation of any amount. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Welcome to Life's a Disaster with Nicole Bailey and Zara Tengora. That's Wait, I I'm not allowed to say my own name? No, not in this new millennia. <laughs> I'm in charge. I'm in charge of this show. <laughs> Just kidding. You're in charge. No one's in charge, actually. That's the real issue here. Um, say your name. Go ahead. <laughs> my name's Nicole Bailey. I don't know my name anymore. I'm feeling like maybe I should change it because um, I feel like I'm like being tracked by the government. I'm scared of the government. Are you? Um, I've always had a healthy distrust of the government. Hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, welcome to another very unstructured, free, free-balling episode of your <laughs> favorite comedy food podcast, Life's Banquet. We don't have any plan for this show today, once again. But I feel like that makes sense, right, Nikki? Yeah. Also, does your... So we're recording this, like, from our own homes yeah. um, on some futuristic recording equipment. Well, not even equipment, just, like, my laptop, but... Mine says health check and then it says warning. Does yours say that? <laughs> <laughs> health check warning on what? On your computer? Yeah, it's like health check warning in all caps and then mic unknown and says a bunch of other stuff. And I was just like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> oh my God, no, but my computer is bleeding. Is that normal? 
Uh, yeah, it's like one of the signs of like you're a saint or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's blood coming from basically every part of my entire apartment. Everything is just dripping blood. The cabinets, the walls, the glasses, the refrigerator. It's all full of blood and pus. Ew. <sighs> How are you? Are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah. On a scale of one to two. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Every day is different. Yeah. Um, I'm still working, so I have to go to work. And that is weird. It's It really is weird. And I, I would imagine it puts you in this like very strange position between your income and your health. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, interesting and a choice that so many in the industry have still had to make. So the bar that I work at is still running um, an open-to-go window, uh, which has recently been made legal in New York City. Um, so I basically, you know, effectively lost my job as a manager and now I make counter girl. Uh, who's making an hourly rate, which is, you know, more than I would be making on unemployment. So I am choosing to go to work. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really crazy conundrum, especially because at this point, like, with so many people out of work, are like basically everyone we know and are friends with are out of work right now. And so I imagine like the feeling for you must be like, well, so many people wish they had a job and I have a job and which I do. But on the other hand, it's, it's dangerous. And it's like, not just dangerous for you. It's dangerous for other people, but like you need to live and pay your bills. It's, I don't know. It's yeah. Very, I it's think very tough. It's been a internal dilemma for me, but no one that I know that I've talked to about this has like judged me in any way, which yeah. has been really nice. Not that I expected to be judged, but like as this continues to go on and like, it's just like a weird, Thing. It's also just like this weird thing where because we are open, then people are coming to the bar, um, right. which is creating like a line of people. And like we have things set up so they have to stay six feet apart. But it, it's like in order to stay in business, we have to have human beings coming right. to our business. So that's kind of strange. But it's also like we don't really have a choice kind of a thing. So Absolutely. anyway, because yeah. the government, you know, really blows dick. So Absolutely. There's no support. It's, I was talking to my friend Dave who lives in Italy this morning and like, you know, we were kind of comparing notes on like how this has been for both of us and our respective countries. And like, you know, no one there can even go out of their house for a walk. You can't even walk the dog for like more than a couple minutes. Like the dog can only walk to like piss and shit and then you have to bring it inside. Um, I don't really know how closely people are able to monitor that, but that is the rule. Um, so, and then I was just like talking to him though about how everything, all restaurants, you know, are closed here and there. But like the difference is, is that the restaurants over there, they're not going to be like, oh, well, we won't open when this is over. Like they're going to be able to open because they don't have astronomical, unaffordable rents and like all the vulnerabilities that we have societally here, especially restaurant folk. And so like, that's such like a distinct difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like systems in place. Right. That will support the people. And we don't have that here. Right. Um, I just... Go ahead. It just seems like... there. Yeah, it's just... 
the more you read about it, the more depressing it gets. So yeah, <laughs> it really, it's very, very, very bad. I just want to mention the last episode that we recorded that aired and that we recorded was recorded like at this point, two weeks ago, two and it a half weeks like ago. It seems like a hundred years ago. <laughs> right. In, in coronavirus time, it was like seven years ago. So <laughs> I listened to it and it was very funny, even though I, at the time, felt so upset and depressed. I was like, this is definitely not going to be funny. But um, I also just want to mention that, like, I felt like some of the things that I said could would have been, like, a little bit callous. Like, maybe they should have never told us about this. <laughs> just as, like, the story was unfolding. <laughs> oh, what else do you say? <laughs> I was like, just, why don't they just blow up all of New York City? Like, they did an outbreak and just get rid of it like that. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But um, Wait, I was thinking said, it. Do what to all of New York City? Blow it up in a with a bomb. Like they I thought you said, just wash all of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I was just like, well, because I had 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 a thought weeks ago before this like developed into what it is. Obviously, we're facing the realities of it more and more, and unfortunately, all at once because we have again a horrifyingly incompetent government. Uh, there's nobody in charge. Nobody's watching the children. Um, but anyway, so given the information we had a couple of weeks ago when we were recording, something in my mind told me that that could, in some, even then saying it, I knew that was obviously not a realistic thought. But I just wanted to, like, for our listeners, go over how I, I, I am not someone who is not taking this seriously, who doesn't take human lives seriously. It's, you know, the, yeah. the impact is astronomical in so many different ways for basically every person alive. Sorry, you're just you're coming in and out a little bit. Are you moving oh, your really? head around a lot? <laughs> I'm giving a blowjob right now. <laughs> Is that weird? Uh, as long as it's not a rim job, apparently. Can, can Did you, you hear me now? Yeah, you were. I could hear you, but you were just like kind of moving in oh, and out a little bit. Yeah, it must have been the rim job. Wait a minute, can you explain for me what the difference is between a rim? Is a rim job when you just lick someone's butthole? Yes. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So the they posted a Twitter. The CDC, or it's the New York somebody medical posted a Twitter that was like, "Hey, don't do rim jobs right now because <laughs> you, can, you can get it from feces." And of course, everyone like went crazy on the internet about that. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're like getting to the point where you're giving a blowjob or cunnilingus or whatever, you're probably already in up in that enough that you're going to contract something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think it has to just be a rim job. I feel like if you're not quarantined with a partner and you know their whereabouts, then, you know, I just think sex is canceled <laughs> forever, which is unfortunate because <laughs> it's canceled for me for a while. And I thought, given that it's spring, it would be uncanceled. But, you know, apparently I'm going to re-virginize. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think that as long as you just wipe your lower nether regions down with the, you know, a Lysol wipe, you should be good to go. <laughs> just like a Lysol douche. <laughs> we do not endorse that. Do not douche with Lysol. It is a very bad, very bad idea. So what other kinds of thoughts have you been having? Um, I mean, I've been really focused on my work situation. Yeah. Um, and I have been going to work for the last week. So, um, you know, honestly, a little bummed that I don't get to like really clean my kitchen. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, just kind of thinking about that whole thing and trying to figure out how to get unemployment if that's possible and talking to my sister who lives in Chicago and my parents who live in Indiana, um, who both are still going to work because my dad's a mechanic and that has been declared an essential business and my stepmom is a healthcare worker. So they're both working. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. I'm having the opposite experience from you. Um, I am a private caterer. I mean, as you know. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Um, I'm a private caterer. I know we've never discussed anything personal. Um, <laughs> I don't want to know this about you. <laughs> my middle name is Ray. Um, so I'm a, to my mom, who's the only other person listening, uh, mom, I'm a private caterer. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you that. <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, so I'm a private caterer. And so all my jobs obviously are canceled for the foreseeable future. Um, and I had already had a slow winter as a lot of caterers and people who are working in that kind of, you know, that industry, we always have like a super busy winter holiday season. And then January, February usually kind of tapers down. But this one, this January, February was very slow already. And then I was like, Ugh, can't wait for um, spring to kick in much like my sex life. I thought my work life was going to also start to once again, blossom. And just as it began to every job got canceled that I had, I had to give back all my deposits. Um, and you know, I, like most people, I mean, there's the financial element of work, but there's also just the like having purpose, you know what I mean? Like not having sure. purpose is very, very difficult. And to like reconfigure what purpose means. I, I, you know, I don't want to be hating on anyone that's trying to be positive but there's a lot circulating especially on social media of like you know uh, whatever Shakespeare whoever that guy is <laughs> wrote what you know Hamlet I don't remember exactly what he wrote but during the plague and this person wrote the symphony during a plague and it's like okay well that's a lot of pressure um, <laughs> I can't write a fucking symphony god damn it I'm trying to figure out how to get out of bed in the morning so anyway kind of going between like wanting to do something and being like, okay, I can focus on writing. I can focus on my next project. And then being like, wow, that's kind of a lot of pressure. And I, I don't know, I'm having a hard time a little bit, but also in some ways an easy time. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have no purpose right now, to be honest, yeah. but, um, do you want to switch lives like in, uh, the yeah. parent trap? Yes. Is that when they switch bodies? Yes. Your apartment's much nicer than mine. So I would love that. Okay, or we can do what we were talking about the other day on uh, in the car ride when I was driving to work, that movie All of Me with Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin where they share the same body. Okay. I think that could be fun. That could be fun. I think you'd get sick of me. You would have to be put on mute from time to time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so that's been difficult. But um, I've been trying to stay busy by cooking. Mm-hmm. For myself, which even though I'm a chef, like is something I actually really rarely do. I, I only ever cook if like people come over, like I'll make something simple, like, you know, a salad or something, but I rarely ever make myself a nice meal, but you I cook yourself up a salad. <laughs> I will cook a salad until it is burnt. <laughs> I like it. Well done. <laughs> Me too. I like to cook lemons until they're black. <laughs> Uh, I thought of you the other day because I actually um, I had all the citrus. So I started a pot of like spanged lemons and oranges and like some ginger peels and stuff so I could boil it and make my house smell nice. And I nearly pulled in Nicole and 
and uh, burn my house down. Yeah, the water boils really quickly. It really does. You heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah, listen, water boils fast if you don't watch it. That's a metaphor. That means take it easy. Yeah, but if you watch it, then it will never boil. Exactly. (laughs) What the fuck? What does that mean? What is that all about? I thought water should just boil the same time no matter what. (laughs) Sounds like some Sicilian witchcraft. Definitely. I miss seeing your face in the studio. It's so nice in the studio. You always bring a little sparkly wine. Oh, I made myself my little wine thing. Oh. So I have white vermouth and seltzer water and bitters. And I just put it all together in a cup of ice. Oh, that sounds good. It's pretty good. Mm, I'm jealous. I just um, ate a couple of pieces of uh, Haribo sour fruit salad have you ever had that yeah it's not one of my it's not on my top five haribos oh really what are your top five haribos um so let's see we have sour sketty number one good that's good that's hard to find though that sour sketty you know it's not hard to find in my neighborhood for some reason well Um, i need to come spend some more time at your house maybe we should switch bodies (laughs) um so sour spaghetti number one. It's also just so fun to eat the individual teensy tiny little spaghettis. And it's also to me just fascinating that someone came up with a candy spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Do you what? put Parmesan cheese on it? No, I don't. Oh. Just because I don't usually have any in my home. Gotcha. Um, I also am a big fan of um, the, you know, actually for for gummy bears, Haribo is not one of my favorite brands. I think they're too little and... Oh, chewy, and I don't like the flavors as much. Huh, wow. But I like the happy cola. Oh, yeah, those are delicious. A cola bottle. What about a sour cola bottle? Yeah, they're both really good. Or like the fizzy, is it fizzy cola or happy cola? I'm not sure. I normally don't get those, only because I prefer something that has a variety. A variety, I don't want to eat like a bunch of cola bottles in a row, although they're really good. Yeah. Um, I also, I really like the sour. I do like the sour gold bears. For some reason, I feel like the texture is a little bit different. Yeah, the sour gold bears are very good. I wonder if anyone's still listening to no, this No, probably show. not. <laughs> um, what about the raspberries? Let's see if... Yeah, those are fine. I'm going to see if Haribo's hiring while I'm on their website oh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of job would you most prefer to do at Haribo? Would you want to like be... Like an online job? <laughs> oh, I would want to work on... Right in the, on the ground level, I'd want to get in there well, and get my hands in the in the slot. I'm trying, I'm trying to get something going like today, but um, <laughs> I guess if it in the real world, I, I just want to be like the that episode of the Lucy Show where they're making chocolate. That yeah. whatever that job is, assembly line or whatever. Yes, totally. We could do that together, and we just have to shove like a million gummy frogs into our mouths and bras. Yeah, which would be I a nightmare for me. I hate frogs. The gummy frogs are not. I don't like those. I like them. I oddly enough, even though aren't frogs, they peach flavored? No, they're green apple. They're like oh, lime yeah. or green apple. And also, they have like a I white hate, stomach. Yeah, I don't like those. Like I don't like that frog. flavor. Yeah. yeah. They're actually, I think, frog flavored. No, they're not. <laughs> Frogs <laughs> taste like chicken. <laughs> have you ever had frog? I don't think. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Well, on that <laughs> note, let's take a break. The James Beard Foundation is a nonprofit with the mission to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders, making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. 
And right now, it's working to respond to the dire situation the food and beverage community is in due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Restaurants, bars, and other independent food and beverage operations are often on the front lines of community revival. The majority of culinary community businesses have less than 500 employees, but collectively this industry generates $1 trillion a year, 60% of which is pumped back into their local business communities. To help bring swift economic relief to these essential businesses, the James Beard Foundation launched a fund to provide microgrants to independent food and beverage businesses in need. You can donate at jamesbeard.org relief. And we're back. We're back from the break. We're back, back, back. We're like a little heart attack right in on your back. Hello. Yes. <laughs> you thought I was terrible at doing this when we were in a real studio. Now I'm just <laughs> sitting here nude with a t-shirt on and uh nude with a t-shirt on that's not nude <laughs> that's nice not try nude. that's not nude this so, is very pg what are you doing to get yourself through this like what are when you have a low moment what are your go-tos to kind of uh for some solace um i don't know yet i think it's been one week so i haven't mm. like had any low i haven't had a low moment. I just had like stress and anxiety about work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been reading a lot of news, looking at a lot of memes. The memes are great. Oh, you sent me a meme before that I connected with so deeply. Oh yeah. I'm going to actually read it. Yeah, please. Very funny. Wait. Oh no, that's not the one. I thought I sent you a different one. No, you sent, but can you say the one you sent me to? Okay, so the meme that I sent her said, is it like a Twitter post from, my name is Brex, and it says, maybe if I develop feelings for COVID-19, it will leave. <laughs> <laughs> so true. The moral of the story is never to be, develop feelings for anyone. Yeah. And then I had this one that I really enjoyed that I sent my friend, which is, um, Fun solo activities. Hold on, sorry. Fun solo activities for isolation. And I'm going to read them to you, okay? Yes, please. Uh, descending into a haunted cave alone. <laughs> Worshipping a swamp deity alone. <laughs> Cons- consuming the flesh of a horned beast alone. Screaming into a cursed well alone. Vanishing into a decrepit tomb alone. Sinking into the sea alone. Going mad on the shores of a forgotten isle alone. (laughs) Pledging your soul to a dark master alone. Smashing your mind against the anvil of cosmic truth alone. Watching home alone alone. (laughs) Dying of thirst on a derelict free date alone. (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. That's funny. That that was funny. Oh, memes. What did we do before memes? And what was the first meme ever created? I think, I don't know. It's like that bicycling frog or something. Oh. Why is this show so frog-centric? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> my fucking, you know, when you go on uh, Instagram and you're like going to search or whatever, and then it just gives you all those like predicted things like you might like to see this based on yeah. what we know about you. 
for some reason, mine is full of frogs. And now I bet it's going to be even more full of them because your phone is like listening to you. I'm going to have to like stop on Instagram, which is a good thing, I guess. We always say that we think our phones can hear us. My phone is literally recording my, me right now. For oh, this yeah. Podcast. So <laughs> now it's going to know all kinds of stuff about me. Yeah, your secrets. <laughs> what makes it tick? What it's going to know that I worship the Dark Lord alone. <laughs> <laughs> what really grinds your gears? Really gets your goat. I can't wait to see what Instagram products are suggested to me after this. I know. It's going to be a lot of like like witchery stuff. Like, like join the online church of Satan. <laughs> yeah. Sale on cauldrons on Amazon.com. <laughs> um, you know what I did realize? And I do not want to give any, any props to Amazon whatsoever. Um, although we will definitely take an Amazon sponsorship and then donate it. <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, but all the movies on Amazon Prime are free. Oh, they are? Yes, just in case anyone does have Amazon Prime. Uh, obviously, Amazon is a grotesque company. That's <laughs> gross. But if you do have Prime, and by habit, I mean are using your parents' login. Um, and by that, I mean using your dead parents' login. <laughs> right. As, as I am. Um, You're going to have to come back and say that you sounded callous this week because you called people's parents dead. No, my own parent is dead. (laughs) Everyone else's parents are alive for now. Uh, Um, Everyone else's parents are alive. (laughs) I'm the only one with a dead parent. I'm the only person. with. So anyway, um, Amazon Prime movies are free. And I'm only mentioning that because if you do use it, you might as well get shit for free. But Um, so, okay. But all Amazon Prime movies are usually free with your Prime membership. Every movie is free. Like every oh. movie on Amazon, I believe if you have Prime only, is free. Hmm. Yeah. It's a real treat. I'll give you uh, my dead dad's login after we hang up if you want to use I it. have a, I share it with my sister. Oh, well. We're on like a family plan for all of the TV stuff. Hmm. Um, what have you been watching? Well, I've been working. <laughs> We get uh, it. You're still working. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but I, I started rewatching the OA, which is a Netflix original series that came out a couple years ago, which okay. is very unusual and difficult to describe, but I like it a lot. Um, it's like science fiction and also kind of like true crime and also interdimensional travel and alone. Rom- and, and a love story. and. Um, it's just, it's completely unexpected. You won't see anything else like this out there. And it's, I just really enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I've also been zooming a lot with friends. So like basically this week I like went out too many times and had too many drinks in my house with my (laughs) friends. So, um, that was really fun. And I will say that when there's like six people on though, it's really hard to like, talk because yeah. then one person starts talking and then you have to be quiet and then I don't know but um with the group of us on a couple of days ago we played this game which is like it's basically Pictionary but it's on your phone and your laptop so you log on to Zoom and you log into this Pictionary game and you are all like seeing it on your laptop but you're also playing on your phone so you're actually doing all your drawing on your phone and That's it shows cool. up on the laptop so yeah so we played this Pictionary game and it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Fun. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> I feel like um, I only Zoomed once, and it was with my mom and my stepdad, and it was 
equally difficult, but in a different way because my mom kept picking up the computer to show me things in the house. Oh. Well, I was doing that too, but my friends are making fun of me because I was doing it wrong. But I still don't fully understand how I was doing it wrong. I just couldn't see anything. <laughs> Like, the computer was tilted up too high, and I couldn't figure out, like, the reverse thing of the camera. Like, I just couldn't figure it out. That's hilarious. I'm um, like a boomer. Yeah, you are. How old are you? Are you in your... How old are boomers? The boomers are in their 60s and 70s now? Um. Well, so, I don't know. They're 21 years older than me. Right. So... So they're like yes. over a hundred. <laughs> uh, take that working girl. <laughs> you mean <laughs> working girl? Melanie Griffith? Yeah. No, I'm just jealous of you because you're working and I'm. Oh, I thought, I was like, why are you bringing Melanie Griffith into this? <laughs> no, no. Melanie Griffith is not a part of this podcast and she will never be. Wow. <laughs> um, I have been particularly annoyed by a specific food influencer cookbook author who will not name by name but you know figure it out or don't um I don't know I've been I mean by this person and like a and a lot of other people and again I'm trying to like understand that everyone is having a different experience and like there is room there's room and there's need for people to like have joy and have some like hope around this we don't all need to be like doing the exact same thing we don't all need to be like super serious all the time there is still like you know do you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like I think there's definitely a need for a balance in terms of like taking your mind off of it putting your mind onto it blah, blah blah but there is a very like certain sect of like tone deaf folks out there um I have one in mind in particular that I've been ranting to you about I don't know for two weeks like every day um and it's not in my nature to be so like hateful of other people normally I'm just I don't like to yuck other people's yums but like man I don't know I just have been I guess it's also because this particular person has not done anything in terms of like asking their half a million followers to donate a single dime to anything not giving shout outs to anyone who's working hard not not a mention about saving restaurants at all or giving money to healthcare workers. I don't know. I've just found it very irritating and very like irresponsible. And yeah, like this person makes their living in the food industry, sort of. So they, which is why, you know, you wouldn't be weird if like, you know, Kim Kardashian. You wouldn't be mad at her for not of calling out save the not. restaurants. Of course not. <laughs> this is a person who is probably the most influential person in our kind of age bracket in food right now. And like every time they go out to a restaurant, I guarantee the restaurant, the kitchen like sends them out a million things. The servers try to give them perfect service. They probably get their meal comps. Like they get a reservation whenever they want. And to say not a single thing about how the restaurant industry is absolutely crumbling right now and just being posting things about how XX person is the exactly who we need right now for an apocalypse because they have, you know, and posting pictures of their apocalypse style and like just it's so tone deaf that like I guess the reason it's upsetting me is because it it makes me feel similar to like Trump winning the election where it's like the wrong person was given this like reward of success. Like, yeah, I think, well, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think that we don't want to just like bash someone. I mean, I I would love to, and I will happily do that 
after we leave the podcast. I, so we how much, I don't know how much fun it is to listen to. Agreed. Um, we can move past it. I just needed to but, get it off my chest because it's been no, no, really... No, no, I think that's good. I'm glad we... I, I, but I was just going to say that um, I have always disliked this person and another different person in a similar vein that um, is on Instagram. Um, but I think that, you know, like white women are always given these types of positions or, or not always, but like this is the type of thing that the media does. Like if you're white and you're moderately attractive and thin, um, then you get to have certain privileges and worship um, that other people don't have the opportunity to experience. And that has always been the way that the world has worked. And <clears throat> totally. it's shitty. And I just, you know, I, at this point I'm just like, whatever, you know, keep your brand going and do whatever you have to do because when the class war comes, you're not going to make it. So totally, (laughs) I think that, um, you know, these people are going to get eaten when we eat the rich. So a hundred percent with Parmesan. I will find them in their little compound and we can burn it down. (laughs) But, um, no, totally. I mean, I hear what you're saying. We should definitely move past that. I just feel like a call to anyone listening to like use, I guess what I want to say is just like use your power for good. You know, not right. to say that people don't enjoy, not to say that people don't need cool recipes, but this isn't the time to celebrate your cool viral recipes or your book trying to push it because you don't need to sell more copies of your book right now. You need to tell I people. I know. I like, miss, yeah, your cookbook, whatever. You're fine. You're rich. You've made it. Like, use your power yeah. for good. If you're listening, you definitely know who you are. And I'm sure <laughs> everyone else does. Like, use your powers for good. Like, don't use this time to peddle your own thing and your own stuff and how great it is because that is unimportant like we it's cool that like you have good recipes that people can be making while they're inside and that is important and I will not invalidate that and I don't know you personally but I just gotta say like what you're doing is not chill yeah <laughs> and on in terms of other unchill things like I follow some people on Instagram who I don't know personally who just this weekend, like skip town to go to Maine, which is like what we should not be doing now that we're the epicenter of the coronavirus as in New York City is. Right. Um, so like, yeah, if you were lucky enough to have some place to go and you made out earlier, great. Um, if you didn't and you're leaving now, you better stay in your house for 14 days because otherwise. Right. Then you, you just spread it around your vacation jerk. house. <laughs> yeah. And there's people in the Hamptons complaining that like people in the Hamptons all fled there and then completely emptied out the grocery stores. So like the locals are like, fuck you guys. Yeah. I was reading that yesterday too. Like people are like, stay away from the Jersey shore, like stay out of like Nantucket. And cause of course, you know, during the off season, anyone who has a house in Montauk, like for the most part, like doesn't go out there, doesn't support the economy during the year. It's like, cause it's too cold, you know? Don't even get me started on Montauk. We're going to have to have another podcast. <laughs> I'm from Long Island. Montauk used to be a sacred place where, like, the most famous person you'd ever see was, like, Billy Joel. Um, and anyway. He's pretty famous, just for the record. He's super famous, but in a way where, like, it's not shocking to see him. You're not, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, makes sense. He's from Long Island. Like, he belongs there. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. I just he can't belongs there. Montauk. He belongs. <laughs> he was made there. Um. But well, yeah, you respect. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is all about income inequality, and it's mm-hmm. you know, it it's I guess the thing is is like income inequality is not a surprise to people who are on the back end of it. Um, we right. know about it all the time. It's our lives that we're living. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the sad part is is that people that are comfortable have absolutely no reason to pay any attention to any of this. So 
they just want to, you know, continue working from home at their same exact salary and, you know, continue not to understand what the world is like for people who have less and who people that they don't see every day. And, you know, they're hopefully some people will wake up and, and change things. But right now it's the responsibility of the, the poor folk. Yeah. To, to keep doing the work. To make a difference. And like, this is an opportunity for us to all be like, wow, the government will absolutely never do anything for us. Um, <laughs> they do not have our back. Also, I was listening to this podcast today and these doctors or these nurses were talking about in the Bronx and they're like, well, um, yeah, Cuomo is being like super cool right now or whatever, but um, he's part of the reason why we have fewer hospitals. He oh, shut yeah. down hospitals. Shut he's down part hospitals, of the reason. absolutely. Cut he's Medicaid. Like, yeah, he cut Medicaid. He, they they said they had to fight for their children's pediatric ward, which was the only pediatric ward or the only pediatric emergency room in like for miles in the Bronx. And they had to fight to keep it open during the Medicaid cuts um, yeah. because they were going to shut it down. Yep. So, Andrew was a neoliberal, not a great guy at all, a very sharky dude. I will say that I think he's handling it well FaceTime wise in terms of being like poised and controlled. And I think that goes a long way in terms of what people, the general public needs to feel safe and taken care of on a policy level, though, of course, he has a lot of issues. Yeah, he's a real turd. Also, yeah. I feel like he's been the governor for 100 years. Like, can well, he just leave? <laughs> his <laughs> father was the mayor of New York <laughs> City at one point. So we had Daddy Cuomo. Cuomo. Yeah, and then his brother's um, anchor on CNN. So he um, he has been wearing some cute outfits, I will say. Absolutely. I like him. And he is cute. I find him to be handsome. I think his New York accent is pretty cute. Um, you know... Uh, he said yesterday to me that he could, I think it was Becky, or maybe it was you, but I think it was Becky. She said that he looks like he could he could easily just be like a, a woman. If you put like a wig on him, he just kind of looks yeah. like an older mom. For sure. He's yeah. like, yeah. Um, he, yeah. But he is. <laughs> Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that. I just think it's funny. No. Yeah. There's been also a thing going around that's like, I read some really great article that was like, oh, I bet Joe Biden's worried because of the new hashtag President Cuomo. And I was like, yes. yeah, Andrew Cuomo's going to be president now. I don't think so. so did you like fuck, Mary kill between Cuomo, Biden, and Trump? I don't even know how. I need to write an oh. essay about that. I would fuck <laughs> Cuomo. Yeah, I would fuck Cuomo. I would marry Joe Biden because he's so old and he's rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's right. Fuck He's already dying. Fuck Cuomo, Mary Biden, kill Trump. Dude, I have a theory now. I just want to say this does not represent Heritage Radio Network. And this is a 100% unconfirmed conspiracy theory that I am pushing around, peddling it, seeing who wants to buy it. <clears throat> I think that Joe Biden has coronavirus. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter if he has it or not. Like, I don't, he is still going to get the nomination and he has been doing absolutely nothing during this time. He's not going to get it if he's dead, if he dies. He posted a thing where he's like, go look at my plan on my website. It's 7,000 words long. It's meaningless. Fucking tool. Honestly, (laughs) at this moment that anyone could have accepted his disappearance because he is sick. I'm telling you, there's no other reason why that man would have disappeared for a week's time. And then comes back with that bumbling news conference, and that's still your guy. 
No, I'm telling you, the reason why he disappeared for a week is because he didn't know what the fuck to do. So he is no idea what to do. He's a complete moron. I think he's sick. I really do. He's I mean, sick. I think that's giving him too much credit. Like, if he's sick, then that you... But I'm telling you, this guy didn't have a plan. Yeah. And he didn't know what the hell to do. And there was no precedent for this. His staff was like, well, we didn't even know you were going to get this far. So we're definitely not prepared for this. Um, and so we're just going to hunker down for a week and no one will notice. Meanwhile, literally, no one cares. They're still going to vote for you. Meanwhile, Bernie is actually the president right now. (laughs) The actual president. He's doing literally everything. He's like trying to get some kind of decency into that fucking god-awful bill that just passed. And he is raising millions of dollars for this. And I mean, honestly, every single policy that he's talking about now, all of a sudden everyone loves fucking socialism. Um, I don't know. It's a bizarre time. Bernie Sanders was made for this moment. It's as though like we've been presented with you order a steak, you get a steak and you're like, you know what? I don't really like steak. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you just fucking ordered it. You didn't order a steak. You ordered a fucking overcooked filet of fish or something. That's Joe Biden. Well, I guess I'm just trying to say that like the problem happened. It's a bad analogy, but like the problem is that the world needs, and especially this country, needs more social, uh, democratic socialism. And we are have this opportunity where it's like everyone's ready for it. We have the candidate who want like, his whole career is built upon that. He's, like, the only decent human being in the government and one of, you know, a handful. And uh, we're still like, no, we're cool. We'll pick the guy who uh, likes to kiss little girls' ears on camera. <laughs> What is he doing off camera? I don't know. Kissing little boys' ears? He's publicly <laughs> molesting people on camera. He's <laughs> publicly a moron, and nobody cares. Oh, it's so it's so frustrating. But, you know, <clears throat> who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope that the class war really happens. And the other thing that's very scary is that everyone's buying a gun right now. Mm. And that is unchill i'm also very concerned about new york turning back into the new york of the 1970s which has been much in the news today when trump to new york dropped dead just like when ford to new york said drop dead um because new york was asking for a bailout from the government in the 70s when they were basically for sale just failing yeah yeah. So, I don't I don't know. I know I worry about that too. I think that there's some things and hopefully people who are more qualified than us are all having these same thoughts of like I think if they don't do a rent freeze it's going to be a really big problem. I think it's going to be a rioting fucked up problem. I think like a yeah. rent freeze is one of the things that can prevent that from happening because if people don't have to pay rent, they're not going to fucking freak out as much as they would if they did. They're right. not going to start robbing and looting and you know being in fear and like hoarding whatever you know like people don't have money to pay their bills and their rent they need to get it from somewhere um and not only that but the mood is agitated if we are as a city doing things to say we're here we care about you we're we're trying to get through this you know what i mean we see you like we want to help you that's very different tone to set than like fuck you so yeah. I know you can't draw blood from a stone, but hopefully that is something that happens. And I would assume that people in gov- in our local and state government know that needs to happen. Um, yeah. So what else? What have you been watching? I've been watching. Change the subject to something happier. Is I've what been, I mean to say with that casual transition. Oh, I've just been <laughs> watching. Uh, 
the uh, the English Patient and uh, the English List. Patient. I'm so you kidding. watched the English Patient before you watched the Station Agent? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't watch that. I've been watching <laughs> a lot of '70s movies. Um, last night or and like '80s movies. So I watched Beaches, which is '80s. I watched Hannah and Her Sisters, which is also '80s. I had never seen that before. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I feel Woody conflicted Allen. about Woody Allen, but at the same time, I'm choosing. I choose to go the route of artist and art. I have always loved Woody Allen movies, and uh, I love his personal cho- life choices. <laughs> so you keep not watching the movies that I keep telling you to watch. It's fine. I don't feel insulted <laughs> or ignored. I'm gonna watch The Station Agent. I just you, thought... what about Heaven Can Wait or oh. Shampoo? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So last night I watched Hannah and Her Sisters. Tonight I'm going to watch Shampoo or The Station Agent or both maybe because I have like nothing else to do except for just slam my fucking head into the wall over double and over feature. again. That's, a, that's an interesting double feature. <laughs> yeah. The Station Agent and Shampoo. You should do Shampoo and Heaven Can Wait because it stars both Julie Christie and Warren Beatty. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll do that. Shampoo and Heaven Can Wait. You got it. I'm um, excited. I, yeah, I've been watching a lot of 70s movies. I watched... Um, Ooh, what did I watch? My God, I'm like drawing complete blank right now. Uh, Tootsie, I watched um, All of Me. I watched, what's that movie with Ryan O'Neal? I don't know. I should go into my own. Paper movie. Moon? No, <laughs> one second. Hang on. I have to remember it. I think Ryan O'Neill was only in Paper Moon. And Oh, wait. Is he also in uh, Barefoot Love in the Park? Story. Oh, ew. I've never seen that. <laughs> It's really, it's very, very 70s. I watched, oh, this movie is amazing. I watched Crimes of the Heart. Which, What's that? With Sissy Spacek and um, Jessica Lange and uh, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton's at her most Diane Keaton, but doing like, Oh, yeah. You know, family. I tried to start watching that. I could not. I couldn't get through it. It's I can't kind of hard handle, to get through. I can't handle the Diane Lane her southern accent jessica lang not diane jessica lang i couldn't get with diane keaton's southern accent and she was yeah. like, oh, jumpy i was like relax i know i just like don't i guess yeah i think there's a reason why that movie didn't get more popular because it's actually not very good <laughs> yeah it, it really isn't very good that's very true i watched i've been watching a lot of seinfeld um like the last two seasons of seinfeld are just like so amazing um really just some funny stuff and i'm thinking i'm gonna go into some musical territory oh okay i love musicals i've yeah. seen a lot my mom was very into them so have you ever seen singing in the rain uh yes singing in the rain is amazing i will definitely have you seen hello dolly with barbara streisand no i haven't oh that's very good it's got Walter Matthau in it and louis armstrong it's like the full musical so at times it it is long because it's just like the straight up musical. Right. Um, that's really very good. And um, the music man, I enjoy. Okay. Also, Meet Me in St. Louis. Have you ever oh, seen Meet that? Meet Me in St. Louis is amazing, yes. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Really I tried great. to make my family watch it at Christmas because the song White Christmas was written for that movie. Um, I like that. And, or wait, is it? Are you thinking yeah. of White Christmas? The movie no. White Christmas? No. I'm dreaming. No, I, I know this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she, they wrote I White Christmas for, for Meet Me in St. Louis. It became popularized when Bing Crosby sang it in the White Christmas, the movie. But it was actually written 
for that movie, which I always think is really interesting because you think of Christmas songs just sort of always existing. Right. Um, yeah. And for a song that popular to be written for a movie to me is always such an interesting piece of trivia. Yeah. Um, side note, Mary, just our friend Mary just texted me because I had sent her a <laughs> podcast episode uh, of The Dollop about Diane um, Feinstein and the flag. And she just listened to it and she just texted me, yo, Diane Feinstein sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, it's true. She sucks. Um, but yes, White Christmas. Um, amazing song. Did not come with the car. Written for Meet Me in St. Louis. Amazing. Yeah, never forget. Hard-hitting facts. Nicole? I've never seen... Oh, and I also like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, even though it's about the rape and kidnap of seven women. <laughs> oh, it sounds uplift. It's a, it's a musical? It's a, I mean, like, they don't portray it. Basically, the premise is that um, there's seven brothers who live up in the mountains, oh, and they decide, that they're, like, they, they're like, we need to get some wives up here, because there's like, Oof. otherwise, what's going to happen? No. Uh, we're all going to start fucking each other or something. And um, <laughs> so they... They concoct this plan where they go down off of the mountain and they get seven women and they take them back up the mountain and they trigger an avalanche so that no one can come and get them until the spring thaw. Oh, God. And it's depicted as this like love story of these like women like getting like chased around and like singing songs. It's very, very interesting. Oh my god! But my mom was a huge fan of it, so we watched it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Um, okay, should we and wrap this up? I just wanted to mention a couple of things. That do you have any like shout outs that you want to give for um, different like places that are helping out for service industry or for anything else for that matter? Um, I just think right now one thing that is a little bit strange. Well, it's not strange. Well, it is strange, but um, we're shifting the responsibility for people's income onto individuals rather than being supported by our government. So yeah. um, if you don't happen to work in the service industry and haven't happened to look at your Instagram at all in the last week, um, <laughs> if there is a restaurant that you go to and you do have money that you would have normally spent to go out to eat, um, I think it is helpful to donate if you can. Um because a lot of people just lost their jobs and are getting very little amount of money. Also, most people still haven't been able to file for unemployment because the website was completely overwhelmed. Um, the other thing is the um, a couple of our mutual friends started the Service Workers Coalition, which is just a wonderful service where you can donate money and they they do a thing where it's self-reported. So you can email in and ask for help and they have been doing really well. So they... Um, they basically every day are just responding to people's questions and asking for help and giving them actual money and services. And it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, They're doing a great job. Yeah. A, a handful of other places that I know about, but I think it's probably happening citywide of restaurants that have decided not to reopen for to go or delivery are turning into food banks for servers who are out of work. Um, and so they are using their kitchens and their access to, um, you know, like the wholesale food mm -hmm. to cook food for for service industry individuals every day so if you wanted to donate to anyone doing that also if you are a service industry person you can just go there and get some food so they're doing it at olmstead right and they're doing it at gertie that we know about yeah i'm sure that there's way more than that right it's just the two that we know about and, and those are but both in brooklyn right and it's through um, a partnership with makers mark 
Yes, but then also some of the other places are just doing it on their own. There's another, right. like Donna, for example, in, also in Brooklyn. Donna is just cooking food for people in the service worker or in the service industry. They can come to their window and pick up uh, a free meal every day. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and you know the wine delivery shops are having a great time right now, like money wise. But it's very stressful and hard on them for them to work understaffed. So if you're if you are ordering like wine delivery from somewhere, please tip generously yes generously tip on anything that you decide you need to go out and get because those yeah like I had to go get groceries the other day um yesterday and I tipped the bag person uh 15 dollars yeah that's amazing um, that's very thoughtful that's a good idea and one other thing to mention um I want to mention quickly before we run out of time um roar which is um has just been started by a bunch of uh, industry folks. It's a charity organization. It stands for Relief Opportunities for All Restaurants. Um, and it's really amazing. They're getting some great fundraising stuff happening um, for restaurants. There's a bunch of GoFundMes that are collecting money for supplies for people in, in the uh, medical field, which is also an amazing thing to be able to donate to right now. Um tipping what else? oh I I want to mention that I personally am selling lasagnas and meatballs for my own business purposes but I am donating a portion of the proceeds of each sale to a different charity each week this week is um the food bank of New York and then next week will be something different yeah also I think that one thing that it since you do have this extra time and it maybe you haven't really thought that much about income inequality or the state of the homeless, for example, um, I would suggest that you take this opportunity to do a little research um, and dig into some topics that maybe you haven't really thought about or been exposed to in the general way that you consume media. Um, It's a great question. It's a really good idea to educate yourself and to find out that, you know, historically, the government has never cared about any of us. And most of us, part of the reason why we are every man for themselves in this country is because we've been forced into that. Babe. Right. We don't, people, yeah. people yeah. that are comfortable and are able to take care of themselves are then able to take care of others and create a community. So that's a really, that's really good advice. Read about capitalism and why it doesn't actually work for most people. Read about yeah. neoliberalism and why like we're just kind of as, you know, quote unquote liberal people and people who identify as Democrat, we often just blindly follow the leader uh, for who leads in our party and just thinks that they're great. And that is very much untrue in so many circumstances. Um, yeah. The amount of good guys and actual real liberals out there is very few and far between. Um, and, and just read and listen to things that are made by people that don't look like you and don't right. come from the same place that you come from. Absolutely. And I think, I, you know, I'm even listening to some like full on Marxist podcasts right now. And, um, Sometimes I'm just like, what? But then it's also just like good to hear what people are thinking through in that way. And yeah, or what you could do is I watched the, it's like the Oliver Stone's History of the United States documentary, which is available on Netflix. And it basically goes president by president through our national history and just kind of shows that um, since the dawn of time, pretty much all presidents have been evil, useless monsters. So you might as well just, do things at the local level. The president's not going to help anybody. <laughs> unless, unless it's Bernie Sanders. And uh, also, even then, since the Fed controls everything, he probably won't have yeah. all that much power. But we love you, Bernie. Um, and then we know you're trying your best. Really, seriously, thank you, Bernie Sanders. We know you're <laughs> Friend of the pod, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Friend of the show, be sand. 
Um, all right. We're a lot of time. Um, this was a good show. You know, obviously we want to try to like bring you some laughs and some brain breaks. So we're going to try to organize an episode. For, like, yeah, I think, yeah, we're going to do a normal episode next week. I don't think it's going to be like devoid. I mean, I'm listening to another podcast that clearly has pre-recorded so far in advance that <laughs> they're still airing episodes that don't mention Corona at all. And yeah. it's just cracking me up. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, still going to be on topic, but also it helps us to kind of divert our brains to do these little fun topics too. So yeah. Um, Maybe we can yeah, do it. If you only want to hear us talk about Corona, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can do like mini sodes, like mini Corona sodes, like a 20 minute or like once a week. And then we can do our full on like regular. Episode. Yeah. We're figuring it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. You guys just hang in there and we yeah. love you. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening, um, Amanda. Thanks. And guys, just one more very quick thing. I know we really went over time, but um, in all the slew of things to donate to, of course, if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of money right now, and that's a lot of people, um, you know, no pressure. But like, if you are someone who does have money, also please consider donating to Heritage Radio. Um, we need your support now more than ever. And no donation is too small to anything, right? If you think like, well, I don't really, there's so many places to donate to, you know, if you're someone who has money and you're not out of work right now and you can afford it, you know, 20 bucks to a couple of places or a hundred to a place you really think or whatever. I don't know what your financial status is. I'm just saying like, you know, you could go ahead and like throw HRN, even just a couple bucks really helps if a bunch of people do it. So don't, don't forget about Heritage Radio because, you know, we're, uh, and Roberta's where we record. So uh, Roberta's has turned into a full on market. So you can also go get your groceries and like pastas and breads and stuff at Roberta's. And they have wine. And they have wine. It's a really great place if you're in the area or if you have a car to go check out and get some nice supplies for yourself. All right, guys. Hasta la uh, sour spaghetti pasta. Love you. <laughs>